Nick has COVID. That's what the New York Post is going to say when they get this news. What would be the joke headline for me getting COVID? It would be some some Nick like doesn't have COVID. It would be like some yeah. whack at like podcasters. Podcaster, despite never leaving his basement, <laughs> podcaster Nicholas Calabrese has little, uh, has the COVID. Little known anti media mogul <laughs> has contracted the pestilence. That's right, folks. I don't know how. I don't know where. My bets probably a Wegmans in the Lehigh Valley. But you never can tell with these things. So yeah, speaking of Wegmans in the Lehigh Valley, want to hear the awful thing that happened to me there? You got, you just told us. Well, no, something, I think, I got really think, deadly I got, illness. Let, let me start from the beginning here. Let me turn you up first of all. Okay. So I was at Wegmans doing my shopping. Every time I go home for something, I always tell myself, I'm going to go to Wegmans. And I never do because I'm lazy or I leave too late in the day. But I finally did this time. That was my first mistake. I got all my stuff and I was right at the end. I had like three things left on my list. And one of them was laundry detergent. Now I've used the same laundry detergent my whole life, Tide Free and Clear. My mom used it because my sister has sensitive skin. So I used it and I just kept getting it. Cause you know, why mess with success? So I was at the Wegmans detergent section which is a dark little corner, which already is foreboding. And I was looking and I saw that um, Myers, the people that make the hand soap for hippies, um they had a laundry detergent and i was like that's nifty and they had it in a smell i liked and i smelled it and i was like this is good i could do this and then i hemmed and hawed for a while and then i i out loud that was my first first mistake here is i out loud said yolo you're only young once and then i walked around the cart and i grabbed from the top shelf the bottle of detergent the bottle which the lid was still unscrewed from when i smelled it so i picked it up it immediately fell straight down and my instinct was to hug grab it and by hug grabbing it it sploshed all over my face and shirt and jacket and arms so i was drenched in lavender detergent i had to crawl to around the corner to the pharmacy and get some paper towels. I reeked of lavender and felt very sticky the entire ride home. I've washed all of my clothing since then and it still reeks of lavender. I did get the detergent though. So, you know, that was my mistake. Yeah. yeah so Were your clothes like extra clean then when you wash them? I get, I mean, they smell like clean, like lavender clean. So I don't know. Either way, I would not suggest it. I'm very glad it happened at the end of my grocery shopping because I don't know if I would have been able to do the rest of it in my state yeah that's tough and like that that may or may not be where you got covid maybe it was that's a real shitty trip to the grocery store have you ever seen that episode of the simpsons where like the whole town gets like basically covid Mm, probably like like or something from china and it it cuts to a clip of a guy in a factory and he like coughs in a box and then the box comes over and everyone gets sick i imagine that's what happened with the, the detergent (laughs) <laughs> just some crusty fella in a factory and like i think they make it in the u.s so probably mississippi just like coughed in a container and here we are yay yeah, um asymptomatic so far um i got a positive pcr test and a negative rapid test so i'm a wild card baby boop 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 yeah but i'm still quarantining because why not yeah that's good to do yeah. do it if you too get covered in laundry detergent and COVID, 
um, quarantine. Stay inside and smell fresh. Yeah, smell like lavender, baby. I brought my laundry up the, the the night I got like I got an email that said, "Hey, you have COVID." I brought my laundry up and it was dry, and it was sitting in my room. And as lo- as I was lying in bed, the clean laundry hamper ten feet away from me, I could smell the lavender. <laughs> it was like it was like the telltale heart, but the smell of lavender, which is a way lamer thing than a <laughs> dead man's heartbeat. So what's up with you, Max? Anything eventful? Um, no. No, not that I... Oh, I just took a headshot Ooh, for cool. my new job. Killed a guy. That's nice. Yeah, headshot, no scope, 360. <laughs> Nothing but net. Um, And it was very windy. And so my hair looks like a little crazy in the photo, which is fun. I like that. Nice. I, I have both a new conditioner and shampoo, so I'm excited to see what it does to my hair. Oh. Did you say... These are three of the four bottles of conditioner I accidentally got. Accidentally. Um, Because I accidentally set quantity of two and didn't realize that it was, that each quantity was for a two pack of conditioner. Ah, so you're set. Now I have years worth of conditioner. Oh, you were good. Silky smooth well into 2025. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yes, that's been the highlight of my life. That conditioner. What's that? You're going to get so tired of moving around that conditioner. I'm going to... Years from now, you'll have a child. You'll still have that last bottle. Hey, it was a deal. I mean, yeah, it sounds like you're, you are complaining, so you clearly are not upset by the price. No, I'm I'm thrilled about it. I've, yeah. I've got, like, I don't know. It's like I won a year's supply of conditioner. And that's the kind of contest I want to be a part of. So, Max, what's the name of this show? Um, This is Dern After Reading, and we don't put out. No, not on the first or second date. We could talk about it on the third if you take us somewhere nice. But yeah, our goal is to watch all of the Laura Dern things that are out there. And uh, yeah, so here we are. We're doing it. This is this is for our one listener, Neil. This is a conversation we all have via text, but I realized it when I met with him recently. Um, I watched that episode of Last Man Standing with Laura Dern in it that he was talking about. And on I did the show. Oh, we did do that one. Yeah, we did like a while ago. Like that was it was like summer, like getting into COVID. Oh yeah, that's she, she wears a mask in it, and I thought that was like such a cool thing because I was like, "That's what us do now." Mask. Yeah, that's like a, a footage not found. Couple months of my life, I feel you. Like I did a, a whole lot and a whole little. It's just kind of a nice smooth brain bit. <laughs> like we'll never know. I'll never return to like that <laughs> mental state. It's I'll take just... you back to that house in Delaware and you just won't remember it. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice to be here for the first time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, summer nights, just like in Greece. So, um, I guess we could talk about a big Dern if you want. Well, any, any Dern news? Ah, uh, Dern news. Not really. I was looking at her Instagram as I usually do. Yeah, what she's shilling. 
Uh, Some soaps. Her daughter had a birthday. Her TikTok daughter. We need like, we need her TikTok daughter to get. Um, my power just went out. I see that. Huh. That's odd. Let's pause. Yeah. In these trying times. And we're back. <laughs> the magic of editing made that long break appear as if nothing had occurred. Yup. Nobody knows. It's three days later. Yeah, man. I lost my arm. <gasps> Crazy. From from the COVID? Yeah, it just fell right off. For the, the detergent. The, both. A little bit of both. Sort I of a, like a reverse gangrene situation. Your arm just gets like cleaner and cleaner it's just bone <laughs> um i did look up some larger news while you were checking your fuse box um nope nothing uh grizzly still being released in full i think we mentioned that last time though yeah still uh, don't watch it yeah i still kind of want to watch it but yeah there's no news i do have to say though i think we definitely could get laura dern's daughter on the show Yes, on the show. I should have been specific. Yeah, it sounded like a kidnapping situation. And if we get her daughter, we can get her. That's a joke, though, because we love Laura Dern. We we just want to talk to her daughter. And I bet she would like walk into the background if we did that. Just saying. I would really like for Laura Dern to pull like a Lori Laughlin (laughs) and have some like admission scandal. I want Dern to have a fall from grace. I'll be honest. I think that would really do wonders for our for our listeners. That's true. I mean, we could ju- we could be like the first people to report on it. Honestly, yeah. Like if Dern's like a serial killer, I can you imagine putting that out there? Well, yep. I, me and my roommate Mike, um, we have this power where we talk about celebrities and then things happen to them. Okay. Two days ago, he was talking about Phil Spector for some reason. This morning, Phil Spector dead at 81. Really? Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. You'll have to go to the short guy funeral? Yeah. His hair lives on forever. Oh, I saw they put a recent mugshot in, and I have not, it's one I had not seen, and I was like, oh, wow. He doesn't look bad, really. Oh, he's wonderful. You know, he's a horrible man, but like. Physical he, he, appearance, short guy Hall of Fame. He had like old man day. mugshot. He just looked like a kindly old man. Because his first mugshot, he still has all that long scraggly hair because he would wear wigs and it looked awful. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, Another so, well, we talk about Darren a lot. So I guess yeah. it's a matter of time before time. she's a serial killer. <sighs> just saying. I mean, Golden State Killer. Do we really know it was him? Yeah. Was, was it? he working alone? Jack she was in California. California with the Beverly Hills. She was there. This is open shut as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> we start like mapping where every film was filmed and like what murders occurred around Can there. Can you imagine if we started doing that and it just kept hitting? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Max, we opened Pandora's box. We can't unlearn this. Wow. Yeah, but as far as we know, Laura Dern, not yet, <clears throat> allegedly not a serial killer. She has yet to be vindicated for her crimes. Yes. That day will come. But in the meantime, we'll talk about her movies. Yeah, and shows and other things. Yeah. So, 
So, should Ooh. I kick it off with a big yeah. dern? I'm excited about this big dern. Yeah, this was interesting. I watched the 1982 film, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. <laughs> and this is a very interesting movie. It was um, completely unknown when it was created. And then over the next couple of years, it developed um, a cult following. Most notably, it had a two-night showing at TLA in Philly in 1985. Whoa. I don't want to interrupt you this early. I also don't want to spoil any facts that you might have, but I just want to say a little one. The director of this was one of the heavily influential producers of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Literally just like when that was my next sentence, you shoved it in. Thanks. That's what I do. And said you you didn't want to shove it in <laughs> as you shoved it in. I don't like this language you're using. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> happened here? Um, Lou Adler is that director. He was a, a longtime music exec, the owner of the Roxy Theater in West Hollywood. Um, and yeah, big time movie guy did this and we'll see a lot of a lot of music in this movie because this movie is about a punk band a punk band you say punk band punk. my word say it. i've only seen that word in books <laughs> hmm. fascinating um so it begins let's, let's dive right in to the fabulous stains we get a news show like a a local news story where they sort of like dateline style and they're talking about they had interviewed a young woman named Corinne Burns about her town's economic struggles and this is early 80s there's a bad recession Ronald Reagan sucks yada 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 his grave is a gender neutral toilet just pointing that out to listeners <laughs> um and they interviewed this this teen girl to talk about her town, and she gave very glib, flippant, cynical responses uh, on this news show. And now the news show is like a follow up, saying that we got thousands of letters from teenagers about their support for this young lady, um, and that young lady is. Guess who it is? Guess who it is? Is it Laura Dern? Nope, it's Diane Lane. Damn it. It's Diane Lane in her first lead role. Oh. Yeah. Years before she like cheated on Richard Gere in that one from the early 2000s for which she was nominated for an Oscar. Now, I don't know a terrible amount about Diane Ladd, but when you started saying that, Not I thought- Diane was... Ladd. No, no, no. Diane Ladd is Dern's mom. Diane oh, Lane. I, you is... know, I did this when we talked about this last time. Yep. Um, Diane Lay, Laid? Lane? Lane. Lane. I don't know much about her. So when you started saying that thing about cheating on Richard Gere, I was just like, oh, that happened. <laughs> Interesting. It I'll did. It was some. Some romance thriller that she was in with Richard Gere. Love Actually. Love Actually. 
or perhaps the bus that couldn't slow down that Keanu Reeves picture. <laughs> um, so they go back and interview her again. So now we get an intimate look at this, this cynical teen in this sad, economically depressed town. And they're like asking about her, her parents and she says things like, um, they're like, how does it feel like having lost your father? And she just goes, your father is dead. Beep. He's in the army. Beep. Means you get more money. Beep. Have a good day. Like she says like these weird cynical, like it's such like, fuck you, punk teen angst. Right. Love it's it. just like, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm just going to, I'm going to be me and do my thing and fuck you, I rule. Like, that's what we learn about Corinne Burns right out of the gate. Um, they ask her, you're just sitting around at home wasting time? She goes, I wouldn't call it a waste of time, even though that's what she's absolutely doing. <laughs> they say, do, do you think your views will change as you grow older? She says, grow older? <laughs> um... <laughs> And then she says, my name isn't Corinne Burns. It's Third Degree Burns. I'm the lead oh. singer and manager of the Stains. On lead guitar, Dee Pleated, who is her sister. And on bass, Dizzy Heights, who is her cousin, played by... You got this Violet one. Davis. No, 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 no. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yes. Yay. Those are such um, great punk names though yeah oh i, I love depleted and so that so we get dern and then corinne goes to her aunt's house to dern's mom's house to use the phone and her mom and her mom's friend are like mocking her for not having a job and they're like they're just like drinking and chain smoking and mocking this this teen for not having it together. Um, Darren's like moping around and we get this lovely exchange with her mother where her mother says, Jessica. She says, I told you yesterday, I'm changing my name to Peg. I hate the name Jessica. It's a lovely name. It makes me gag. I gave you your name. That's why it's so lousy. Oh, yeah. Which is like mean shit to say to your mom. I do love that she said lousy, though. Like, you could see she's still, like, from there, but she's definitely, like, punking out. Like, not enough to swear at her mom yet, but she's like, this stuff's lousy. It's, very, it's a bunch of crud. And so then we get a little more of, like, what's going on with these gals? They're, uh, they're at some show. A music show and they're they're kicking it in the ladies room and there's like this young pregnant woman who's just like seems like she's fucked up and going on a rant about how she eats so much now because she's pregnant and like we don't know if they like know this woman and someone goes to hand Corinne Diane La Diane Lane um a, a mystery pill and the pregnant girl just grabs it and steals it and eats it. She's like, now your baby's really going to be a freak. It's like, all right, yeah, these we got real no future punks going on here. 
and we see the the band is they they rock they are british and suited up i wrote i wrote down sounds like the clash and then i looked it up and one guy is in the clash and two are in the sex pistols like that's exactly the type of band this is um they're called the looters and they are opening so we watch they they rock it and then it turns out they're opening for another band which is a much more fun band called the metal corpses and they are like a budget less inspired kiss (laughs) <laughs> like the the front man's got like these big demon hair and like white face paint, but it's like just not like a professional job. And they're um the whole they're like they come on stage and they're talking about how this song was number one for seven weeks, and they're just like bragging about their history. Um, as some like they're a has-been band, is what we learn quickly. Just like the real kiss. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In fact, these these two members were in the band The Tubes, who I don't know, but like... I almost got to see them once and I didn't, but my parents went and my mom was like, you would have loved it because they just, they're still crazy. Like the the lead, they're all alive, I think. They're all crazy. The lead singer, he was like wearing assless chaps with nothing underneath them and they do all their sound checks naked still. Amazing. Yeah, just seeing them... The the two of them, it's like two members of the of the metal corpses who are both from the tubes, and they clearly like are just absolute team players. I adore that. I adore people like that that would be at this movie and just give it their all. Yeah, but there's, I'm sure some of like the real punk people are like, whatever, it's a fucking paycheck. But yeah, exactly. No, these guys seem like they're having a lot of fun, and so <laughs> they're playing, and like the crowd doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Except one, there's one just drugged up woman right up front who's like, yeah, like screaming, going nuts. And then we see the front man go backstage and like, that's his girl. They start making out. And it's like, oh yeah, of course she's the one. The one person excited to see them. Um, The Brits are pissed that they're touring with these old fools they're calling their manager like what the hell i thought this american tour was supposed to do be great for us and we gotta you know we hate these assholes and the manager heard so uh, so then there's like the the like touring manager this guy lawn boy um he is a jamaican rastafarian and he has his like rosted out bus is the tour bus um and he heard about the stains on the local news just because diane lane shouted them out and so corinne convinces him to like let them on the tour and we quickly learn it's like wait is this even a real band and they're (laughs) the three of them are all talking and they're like, we've only had three rehearsals. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, but they were really long ones. <laughs> and so now they're on a tour with like this has been band and these like British punks. And that's punk rock. That, it's so punk, punk rock DIY. 
this if you want summer. a label, just go go to a show and find a Rasta man and find tell him you're on the tour now. That's how you do it. This find summer I read um, Please Kill Me, which is like just the history of punk rock and that lit, that's it. Like that, just crazy shit like that happening and like people with no talent and everything lines up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wacky. And now we're like, all right, so I guess that's where this movie's gonna head. Because these people are uh these gals are going on tour. And so then we get like just these like escalating tensions between the the two real bands. Mm-hmm. And the Metal Corpse's lead man is like clearly coked up. He's like sniffling and wild-eyed. And He's just like shit talking to everyone on the bus. He's like, the thing that separates the men from the boys is that like, if you're not yourself, you're nobody. And it's such, (laughs) and this is like after seeing him be like a budget Gene Simmons. It's so funny that he's just got this like massive ego, but not the talent to back it up. Like he clearly thinks his shit don't stink. Um, And then the Brit, you know, one of the Brits, the, the main Brit we'll get to know, Billy, is not in The Clash or the Sex Pistols. He is an actor. Uh-huh. Ray Winstone. And he had previously played the lead as Kevin in the film Quadrophenia, which was oh. the Who. Who? Rock opera. Who? Don't, Who don't, was it? We're, And he played Growl Tiger in the shitty new Cats movie. Huh. I still yeah. haven't seen it. I... Nobody has. Yeah. Thank just... God Dern wasn't in it. Oh, could you imagine? Yep, I could. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so Billy, Billy the Rocker, he's like, listen here, you ugly old man. I hate you. I hate your poxy music. I hate everything about you. And there's just those kinds of fights they get to like the next venue and these are all little rinky dink venues (laughs) metal corpse guy he's the kind of guy who's again now even more clearly coked up and he's like trying to buy blow off of some guy there and he tries a bump and he's like what the fuck man is there any coke in this shit and the guy's like, yeah, man, like, yeah. And he's like, all right, how much is it? He's like, 250. He's like, 250, that's ridiculous. He's just like angry. And then he looks to his friend, he's like, hey, man, you want to split a quarter? <laughs> like, after bitching about it, he's like, yeah, all right, I'll, I guess I'll take it. Um, and then he's in a coked up rant and he says, he's just, babbling and then he says sometimes i get so filled up with emotion that i end up hitting my old lady okay some women are into that you know and it's like what a piece of shit this guy is just such an astonishingly shitty human and that's why i love that like tubes guy is like yeah let's let's go for it and i think it's extra funny because gene simmons is a shitty person (laughs) is he Oh, yeah, I've heard notoriously he's just the worst. He's, like, such a shill, and he's a piece of shit. One of the bad Long Islanders. God, one of the only. (laughs) There are are three million of us. Him and Son of Sam. 
And me. And you. You're a bad one, too. <laughs> you're the worst. The worst of the no. world. <laughs> and, uh, all right. So we just get these, like, that guy's all coked up. And then Lawn Boy announces, here are the fantastic stains, which is funny because it's not their name. <laughs> and they start playing their song, Waste of Time. And it is the most angsty, uninspired, just like flat. Like I used to live in a punk show house and this would be like real, like you'd see some stuff like this, but it was, it was usually substantially better than this. <laughs> just so flat and uninspired. And Dern and the other one just like stop playing and go off stage because they're like, we're not a band. This isn't real. And then Corinne just goes on a rant to a guy in the crowd about how he's just a sucker and how he's this this woman at this show only there to fuck the, the guy in the band. But she's like saying it to this man in a suit. It's like, it clearly is off-putting for him. And that's like sort of her, her thing is just like, let me make others uncomfortable. Um, so he throws his beer at her and the whole crowd cheers. And then she says, she's like pissed about this. And she says, I'm perfect, but nobody in this shithole gets me because I don't put out. And then that like, then she walks off stage. Okay, what's gonna happen next? I'm not sure. There's still not a real band. Um, and then the other guy in the corpses, who I wish I could have screenshotted, but Amazon wouldn't let me, has this, like, the other guy from the tubes, big, crazy rocker hair. He's got, like, those dumb, flat, like, Star Trek band glasses, the ones that look like a future headband. And, uh, and, like... And then he just, he overdoses and dies, is what happens next. Oh. Yeah. Right in the middle of a tour. That's yep. And so the cops wheel out the body covered in a sheet with, like, combat boots sticking out of it. <laughs> and then we get another, then we get another news. We get all these several local news stories kind of peppered in to, to tie things together. And it's a report about um, Metal Corpse's member, Jerry Jervy, who passed away. They say, Jerry Jervy was nothing if not a survivor. He had survived seven drug arrests, two convictions, five paternity suits, and involvement in over 15 bands. <laughs> and Corinne, who like, don't give a fuck about no one, and just wants to, uh, and she sees an opportunity because the local news is like at the venue interviewing people. And so she steps up and she's like, um, yeah, you know, we were, we were sort of a thing, me and him, which wasn't <laughs> true at all. She didn't even know this man. And she says, yeah, he was, he was an old man in a young girl's world. And uh, he died of a broken heart. And basically, they get another plug on the local news by being in this place at this time. Meanwhile, Brit Rocker is trying to put the shakes on Corinne. 
And he says, I like your hair. She says, what else do you like about me? He says, that's it. <laughs> and then he clarifies. He's like, you know, you, you just, I don't know you yet, basically, which is like fair. He doesn't know this woman at all. Um, but if she works hard, she might become something. So he like sees that they're not good, but sees that she has this like, this drive to at least try. Um, so he's like, yeah, you got to work hard and do it. And she's like, too punk for that shit, basically. <laughs> oh, so she doesn't there. seem interested. Then the next show, now suddenly, oh, and I should describe Corinne's outfit. She, so when she went on that rant, she removed this dumb red beret to reveal like dyed black and blonde crazy punk hair shaved kind of on the sides and she's got like little makeup like white and red paint around her eyes sort of like Josie and the Pussycats maybe um, there last week I was looking at the makeup and it's very similar to a also like lady punk band and I never know how to pronounce it it's like S-O-I-X, like something Susie like, and the Banshee. Something Sue. That's Susie, Susie and the Banshee. Maybe. It, that's that's the band. No, there's a different one, though. Um, you keep going. You keep going. Yeah. So she's got this, like, signature outfit. She's got this, like, see-through top and mesh tights. And it's really, like in your face and so now they go to this show they have this next show and there are fans fans for the stains young oh gals who are excited to see them now just because of these like local news bits um and so she comes out and she says what now becomes her catchphrase she says we're the stains and we don't put out it's like, yeah, uh, I get it now. That's why I said that thing before. Um, and so now they've got this excitement. The Brits are pissed because they're like stealing their thunder. The Brits want them out. He's talking to his manager on the phone, like, get me a new band. And then Lawn Boy goes on this rant about how he's planning on this tour on um, he was planning on doing a reggae tour but then the musician got uh thrown in jail for smoking a little herb and he's only on this tour so he can raise money to get his friend out of jail and he just kind of extols some like rasta wisdom i don't know if this is like actual rasta wisdom or just like what feels like what you'd have a rasta character say but he says, like, there's no difference between me and the next man. Like, I is he and he is I. And Corinne seems, like, interested and moved. Like, this guy's got some, some good shit in his head. And now he needs her to sign a contract. Um, but we don't get there yet. We get another local news piece. Because they are just like, man, these teens are going nuts for the stains. So they're talking to this girl at the show who is dressed like Corinne. 
and she's talking about them and what she likes so much about them. She says, she said things that I've always wanted to say and I haven't been able to. She gave her honest opinion and about how she felt about people. That's why I'm like her now, which is such a weird like followery kind of thing. And the reporter says, and what are you? She says, I'm a skunk, which appears to be, it's like the, the name the followers of the stains have now given themselves. And I suppose it's because of the different stripes, colored stripes dyed into her hair would be where the skunk thing comes from. And the reporter continues, it's this woman, basically got these two newscasters, this woman and this man, the woman's like doing these stories and interested and sees it like as like sort of an empowering thing. The man is sort of the like, you know, you you kids are ridiculous. This is lame and weird and I don't get it. It's probably dangerous to our community. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. And the woman reporter in the segment says, I'm not reporting on a ban so much as I'm reporting on an appeal to young girls to resist. And he says, resist what? She says, life as we know it. Um, then we get this lovely bit that on the, the Rasta bus where the metal corpses was written, there's just like a black marker over it that now says the looters, which is the, <laughs> the other band. Um, so Brit dude trying to put the shakes on Corinne again, he invites her to his hotel room and like, she doesn't seem interested, but also then it's like, all right, where's your room? Like, let's go. And he tells her that he can't read. Yeah. Cool. Just, just, cool. yeah. Well, she says she's That's like. That's why you do punk rock, huh? <laughs> she asks him to write write down the lyrics to one of their songs that they play called "The Professional," and that's when he says, "I can't read." And then she gets naked and goes in the shower, and then he gets naked and joins her in the shower, and then they have sex in the shower. You know, <laughs> that's why they had to start making illiteracy public service announcements because people saw that and they were like, "Holy shit." Telling me I could be a cool, naked, sex-having rock star if I just didn't know how to just read. Didn't read, yeah. That undid should have been hundreds banned. of years of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and when he tells her he can't read, she says, "What are you telling me for?" He says, "I just wanted you to have something on me." She's like, "Okay." It's like trying to earn her trust so he can bang her in the shower, and he does. And hey, it works. Um, then their agent. They go to the next show, and now their agent has shown up, the the looters agent, with a new band, because they asked for a new band, remember? And uh -huh. it is a real band called Black Randy and the Metro Squad. Love that. Playing their hit song, I Slept in an Arcade. Love that. I slept in an arcade. They just say that a bunch of times. Um, apparently, you, like, tell these guys are, like, fun and goofy and like having a ball and doing weird shit. And so I read a bit about them. Apparently they'd like incorporate a lot of porn into their punk shows and just having, having a good time. 
So Corinne sees that there's this new band that's supposed to replace them. So she gets pissed at Billy. Um, and Billy's pissed because he seems like he likes Corinne and he like yells at his agent for doing this thing he asked his agent to do. He's like, get this band out of here. Like, no, we need the stains. Um, so then the stains open. And now this show's like at a mall and there are hundreds of girls and young women dressed as skunks, as it were. Um, like the the absurdity with which this following has grown for no reason is kind of hilarious. And what do the stains do? They play the professional, the song by the looters. Oh. Even though he didn't write out all the words, I guess she committed them to memory. She um, figured it out the same way he did, phonetically. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the looters are pissed about this. We get another news story about the stains because man, they just this is this is the big the big big thing apparently, and they interview Duran's mom who was talking shit on the, the young gals earlier in the picture. <laughs> and they ask her, she says, I'm, they ask her how old she is. She says, I'm 30. And Darren, Darren's watching this on TV. She says she's 34. And they say, like, has your daughter always been this much trouble? And they're, like, showing footage from the Stains show. And then the mom, like, has this real, like, moment of clarity and compassion and she says see i never really had any confidence in her at all my mother and father never thought i'd be anything either i'm kind of ashamed to say that i did to my daughter what my parents did to me so i just want to say i'm proud of her for getting around what i did to her and how it's like amazing to see her perform um which is weird because we don't get any like development in that turn we just see the turn that just i mean it's amazing that after this movie came out no punks were mad at their parents anymore yeah movie completely undid that whole part of this punk psyche who knew that was a a significant part of punk culture before this i mean everyone figured out that their parents are proud of them if they become very financially successful punk rockers exactly who to thunk iggy pop great relationship with his mom now (laughs) Um, the, so the looters agent is now at this show and what is, he looks at the stains and what does he see, Nick? The future. What, no, what does he see? Dollar signs. Dollar uh, signs. That's it. That's exactly. I was hearing a third answer because I thought you were going to shoot me down again. <laughs> no, no, it is in fact dollar signs. He, his tongue rolls out of his mouth onto the ground, his eyes protrude, and there are dollar signs in them. And he's talking to Corinne, he's like, you gotta get rid of Lawn Boy. And she's like, all right, you're a legit agent, like, that's what's up. And so she finds <laughs> Lawn Boy in an empty arcade, and he's playing um, a racing game. And like she's- the ones you like sit in? Yeah, he's I like, sit that. down, steering wheel. And she just goes up to him in the corner of this arcade 
and she says she wants out of the contract. And he's like, yeah, all right. Like you can get out of the contract. And, <laughs> and he said, but you know, I want you to know something. And he's all rusted, rusted sage advice mode. And he says, come see me and come live with me are two different things. Best of luck, sister. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. And I guess it means that just because this guy wants you doesn't mean he's going to take care of you, right? Like, go go to your new agent, but don't be surprised if he's, you know, not that into you. I'm, I'm really happy with how well Longboy took that. Longboy is the best. Longboy is the, absolutely the best character. He, in he controls game. Jamaica. Like, he doesn't need this. He's here because he wants to be. He, oh, uh, he makes one of the Brits drink Red Stripe, <laughs> which, like, there's a bit more about Red Stripe. The production company of this movie is, like, Red Stripe Films or something. And this is, like, just before Red Stripe. Red Stripe was, you know, a beer in Jamaica forever. Yeah. And they were, like, in the mid-'80s, kind of after this movie, there was this big push to get it in the U.S., so, like, I tried to figure out, I couldn't tell, like, how much of this is, like, Red Stripe product placement or just, like, a fun thing for a Jamaican character. You know, I was recently reading into the history of Red Stripe, and it's very confusing. So that makes a lot of sense that they were weirdly involved in this movie. Yes. Exactly. Huh. I don't mind um, Red Stripe. So, what's that? I don't mind Red Stripe. Fine. Yeah, I give it a B. You know, a B so beer. another show. Now the stains merch selling like hot cakes. They got the red blouses. They got the makeup. They got posters. They got little skunk stuffed animals. And these girls know. can't get enough of them. They're blind. They're screaming. They're throwing money over the counter. Um. And now the looters are now the opener because the stains are driving the show. Everyone's there to see the stains. And so Billy, Billy ain't happy about this. So while, while the looters are playing and like genuinely rocking and being good, it's not like the music's no good. Um, all the skunks are just two, two hands flipping them off <laughs> while they play, which Again, there's there's no reason for them to have any beef. They don't know about the behind the scenes beef, but <laughs> whatever. And Billy goes on a rant. That's what I do anytime I see a band and there's an opener. I just flip them off and scream. Yeah, them. fuck them. You're not there to see them. Yeah, come on, man. And Billy goes on a rant on stage about how all these young women, they've all been had and screwed by their hero. He's like, how much did that shirt cost you? How much did you pay for that? Like, she's just taking your money, your adverts, your commercial. I feel very, very sorry for you people. And they're like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait. And this band who likes, again, still not a real band, then <laughs> comes on stage and um they they loot the crowd turns on the stains hard Ooh. and they're they're throwing stuff at them one has like what appears to be like just a ball of paint i guess it's like makeup 
that she bought or something, but it's this ball of black paint and she throws it at Corinne that like hits her in the face in slow-mo. It's like this real supposed to be this kind of like traumatic moment. Um, I hate that. Yeah, me too. And then Corinne tells the agent that she wants her cut of the money she was promised. And the agent now is like, honey, you're just a concept. And now you've blown that concept. He's like, you're you're not worth any money. But while he's doing this, he's literally on the phone trying to like broker a record deal for them. He's like, oh yeah, great band. You got three young gals. They got, they got all the energy. Like, uh, but while he's literally telling her like, no, there's no money for you. Fuck off. Um, so she grabs a little can opener and holds it up to his neck. And she's like, give me the money. And he like pulls out a lot of cash and hands it to her. Then she goes onto the, the tour bus where Lawn Boy is sleeping and wakes him up and gives him the money and says, Lawn Boy, this is for your friend who's in jail. Um, then we get, now Corinne is on the local news. Instead of that news anchor, it's it's the the guy who sucks and Diane Lane sitting at the news desk. And he says, our topic tonight is manipulation. Fads from the inside out. And he calls her a has-been and is basically like relishing in the fact that like this thing he didn't understand that like he didn't like that it was successful has now failed and self-destructed um and she says a line i love i think every citizen should be given an electric guitar on her 16th birthday hell yeah man hell yeah man um but he's like that's all the time we have you're no longer relevant see ya (laughs) and then she's outside the station crying and billy shows up because billy saw this news segment and was nearby the news station, I guess, that he knew how to get to in this mystery town. It's it's actually, um everyone knows that like every town, the punk bar, the main punk bar is also the bar that all the newscasters- Our Bar news station, do. yeah. Oh, I love a good punk newscaster bar. Uh, they, they have the best jazz bands on Saturdays. Forget <laughs> about it. Anderson Cooper gets so many sticking folks. His entire back is, he has a whole back covering, man. <laughs> um, so Billy is like, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, my power went out again, but we're just going to ride with it. I, I got the battery. Spooky, spooky background. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And Billy is like, hey. I'm sorry, why don't you come with us? And she's like, is that what I'm supposed to do now? Be your groupie, tune your guitar, and be your old lady? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't play guitar, which I really like. <laughs> and she declines, and she seems real down. And then two girls are riding a bike by, and they've got a little radio playing, and she hears their song their shitty uninspired song that is like a little better produced now and slightly less shitty. And she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. 
And then we get like a montage to end the film of now they're on like, it's not MTV, but it's MTV. And they're on the cover of People, they're on the cover of Rolling Stone, and they're on Red Stripe Records, which presumably is Lawn Boys um, label. And they have made it big. And that's the end. And I'd say I, there were so many things that were not good about this movie. Like the plot didn't, it <laughs> never really said much about, despite the fact that this was presumably like a young woman saying a lot. It's like, they didn't really say much about any of it. They didn't say much about fads because it like, this didn't make sense. It was like a meteoric rise without having done anything. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we ever like gave a shit or cared about like what Corinne thought or wanted to do. But at the same time, this movie is very fun. And it was a blast to watch for a lot of, in a lot of ways. It's like the, the music's good. The guys in the tubes slash metal corpses were the best. I wish I wish we got more of them. Um, and yeah, it's fun. I get why it's a cult classic. It did directly influence a lot of Riot Girl bands, um, both in terms of style and just in being being young women in a punk band. So that's super cool. Um, it was kind of dumb, kind of fun. And hey, what else can you ask from a Lou Adler production? Yeah, it's no Rocky Horror. No, is, you're never going to get a, it's never going to be a Rocky Horror. It's nowhere near a Rocky Horror. Phantom of the Paradise isn't no Rocky Horror, and that's about as close <laughs> as you can get. That, that's way too much inside baseball for right now. Whew, that sounds like a good movie, though. I'm going to have to check it out. I know I said I would watch it, but I didn't because I've had COVID. That's going to be my excuse. How long are you going to be using that excuse? Two months. Fair. Over two months. So yeah, good movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. I like that it exists. It's like this significant little movie. But, and it's hard to imagine how it could have been like a better movie just because it was so built on itself. It was very unique in how it went and what it had to say that I'm not like, oh, well, this was a flaw and if they changed that, that would have been good. I don't really have, it's like this is the movie they wanted to make apparently, so here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the okay stains. Uh, passable stains. <laughs> yeah. I'd see him at TLA or something. Union transfer. Yeah, this would be fun to go to, like, a screening oh, yeah. of. Oh, I meant the band. Oh, yeah, like, no, they, they not the band, the movie was shown. The band didn't No, I know that's what you meant. I just meant, yeah. gen, like, I was saying oh, yeah. general. Of yeah. the Philly venues, that's probably where they'd play. Maybe. Maybe smaller, maybe Boot and Saddle, rest in peace. R.I.P. I'll never went there, and now I never will. Nope. Until they reopen some dumb, schwanky... I'm gonna say jazz, boot jazz. Yeah, probably, yeah, boot jazz. it's all jazz these days. Oh, jazz. 
Yeah, not another jazz club. What uh, happened to our city? God, we used to be cool. Where did all these hep cats come from? I mean, they're still doing drugs, but it's just not fun. Sad. <laughs> Punks doing drugs and jazz bows doing drugs are way different ball games, but they're the same drugs. So they're the same. <laughs> they're both heroin. It's all heroin. It's just the the attitude in which you do it. <laughs> heroin all the way down. If you're sad and from the south, you do heroin and make jazz. If you're sad and from England, you do heroin and make punk music. Yeah. Yeah. So there you those go. Those are the rules. <laughs> Them's the rules, kid. Hit the bricks. Uh so I guess uh you wanna look between moderns? Yeah, what do you got in there? I got a few things, and then I'm gonna let you do yours, and then I have a little segment I'm gonna try out. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll do Derns first. Uh, this week, I'm going to watch and read a lot of stuff because I have literally nothing but free time in my very small bedroom and occasionally kitchen. Um, so I've hit a few um, cult cla- like cult classics, early 2000s. Um, what's the word? Like, not art house, but like alternative movies that I just never watched and have always wanted to. So I did Ghost World and Party Monster. Ooh. I have never seen them. I've been it's I've heard nothing but good things. I finally got to watch them both. Big fan, definitely likes Party Monster more just because of the subject matter, but fantastic movies. Big fan. Yeah. It's Party so Monster is super fun. To see I all didn't people- love Ghost World when yeah, I saw it in high school. It was def I it was relatable in like certain areas. Like the idea of like um, curating characters out of people you don't really know and like that whole thing. And just like, I don't know, it was cool. I like the ending where she just like gets on the weird ghost bus and leaves. Because you know, when you're young, you want to do that. It's definitely a better film than another adaptation of a Daniel Klaus comic book um, that I watched a few weeks ago called Wilson. That sounds familiar. That was my last big Dern with Woody Harrelson and Dern. Oh, yeah. That movie I did not like. That's the same, based off of a comic book by the same author as Ghost World. Well, there you go. Yeah. Full circle. Did those, did Party Monster. And with both of those movies, it was so weird to see them all so young. Like seeing like... Like ScarJo. Like seeing her young, but on the other hand, seeing Macaulay Culkin older was weird. <laughs> seeing him play a incredibly eccentric, queer party person. You, you could have said monster. One was weird. I liked it though. I don't know. It was a very good movie. Are you? Do you know those like real people? Have you watched like documentary oh, stuff? I've seen. Who's the one? Something Saint something. I think it's James Saint James. Yeah, he's the best. He is a great personality. Also, um, Lalek died on Christmas this year. I don't know if you caught that. No, I did not. Ghost alone in his apartment, which I feel like no one covered it news wise, and it was kind of sad. But you know, that is very sad. Yeah, he's been out of jail for a little while now. Surprised it took this long, honestly. Yeah. No offense, you know. I mean, he came out <laughs> and started right away, so it was going to happen sooner or later. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, well, rest in peace, party monster. Um, aside from that, I've been watching the Larry Sanders show. Oh. And I am in love with it. It's so yeah. good. I love all the years. I love how they bring in celebrities for just weird little bit things. And I feel like it's filled a void for me because I feel like I've always wanted to go back and watch like old tonight shows with Johnny Carson, but it always feels so weird doing it because it was such, it was like a topical show at the time. And like, I feel like it would be so detached. So I feel like watching this fills that void for me of wanting to have watched that. And he was like, basically who could have been Johnny Carson. So it, like, it fills that alternate universe void of me watching Johnny Carson instead watching Larry Sanders. There you go. And it's, it's just so fun. And I'm like so excited to see how it goes and all the changes and stuff. Good. Oh man, I want to. I want to catch up to you. Oh, I'm only a few in, so. Well, I haven't watched any yet, besides my my Darren app. There you go. You got something to do. Um, nothing really in books. I'm reading a book right now, but it's bleh. All right. We won't. We won't share it here. Yeah. Don't I mean, give the author any credit. I won't. I don't even remember his name. Uh, it's it's called A Thousand Naked Strangers. It's about a EMT. He's just like describing the process of becoming an EMT in his life as one. It's fine. And I'm, I'm so far in, I might as well finish. But like, you know, I'm probably going to send it to my cousin or donate it because, you know, it's it's a one and done. It's a practice date. It's not the girl you really take to prom. It's mm-hmm. you know, the one you take to that fake prom. Exactly. No, you take one early. And get you create you create an entire fake prom and lie to her. And get say all the it's the real prom, and you do it just as a test run for the date you really want. Exactly. I mean, ah, oh, to be young again. Not too much. Um, but yeah. So speaking of being young again, shoot your load, Max. <laughs> What's between my journeys? Um, I just watched uh, a little-known show on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. Oh, with that uh, that child and that David child Yoda. David Lynch is in that, right? No, Bernard Herzog. Bernard Herzog. Herzog is in that. Yes. I always mix up those two sad, strange smoking men. <laughs> those directors that Max thinks are overrated. Um, yeah, Mandalorian was great. I know I'm all sorts of late to that game, but what a fun little ride. Uh, it was nice. That game, but I very much need to catch up. And I have like two years now before they put out anything else. So, yeah, we got a while. Thank you, COVID, coming through in the clutch, giving everyone time to catch up on their Star Wars extended cinematic universe. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, and Pedro Pascal is great. Very true. As the Mandalorian himself under that helmet. I had a weird concept. I think it was last night I was talking to somebody about it and it was like, oh, they sent me a meme and it was like the Mandalorian, but with DeLorean, like DeLorean. So the concept, there was like a, a mashing between Mandalorian and DeLorean. And then we talked about time travel and I was like, I really want to see an episode. I know nothing about the show, but I want them to go to like a mall in the eighties and it's Halloween. So the Mandalorian can like walk around and do whatever he's doing and he's in costume from Star Wars. So it's fine and everyone thinks he's super cool. And he just leaves the child like in that little bin out front of the toy store where they put all the little toys that like flip and stuff. <laughs> it's just like they're looking at stuff moving around. Maybe it's just a, a mall kiosk toy. 
Exactly. Or like maybe it wanders off to the pet store and it's just like poking dogs. I don't know. Yeah. I'm also, that when I say fun. this, I'm having very vivid like sense memories of the mall that I went to as a child, like the layout and stuff. And oh, I know no one else that too would understand it as well as I do. Like yeah, no, time. I, your story puts me in, in this headspace of my, of Roosevelt Field, my childhood mall. Oh, Jersey thinks they they got all the malls. They don't know Long Island. I don't, I'm not talking about Long the Island mall. mall. It's, a, it's a ghost town now, but it used to be something. I think they still have a Spencer's somehow. <laughs> of course. Spencer's after, after the nukes fall, there's just going to be a Spencer's. That's all that'll be left of our... Just... <laughs> Fake vomit, fake vomit and hand buzzers. Low quality sex toys. Very low quality sex toys. Budget grade. (laughs) Um, I also watched another show that I really liked called The Flight Attendant on HBO. Do you know this one? I have seen trailers. I have not watched it, though. It is fun. It is. It stars. I don't remember her name, but Penny from um, The Big Bang Theory. And in a very different and much cooler character where she is a flight attendant and a drunken mess who's just slutting around and living a wild, reckless life. Um she sleeps with uh, one of the guys from Game of Thrones, not Pedro Pascal. Um, she sleeps with this man, and then and he's like this mystery man. And she wakes up, and he's been murdered, and his blood's everywhere. And she doesn't remember anything. She's a drunken mess. And it's very pulpy. It, like, I don't know that I've ever seen a show be this pulpy like it felt like the most like absurd kind of James Patterson page turner mystery books um which I love it's such a fun genre and it was very cool in tv form because you like it's easy to like suspend your disbelief when shit just gets so insane and this like flight attendants infiltrating all these like shadowy networks of people um Rosie Perez is in it David Mamet's hot daughter from girls is in it um and she's great she's her best friend and lawyer and uh yeah flight attendant so fun a blast it's engaging watch it it's it's funny and fun and exciting and that's what I got. Those are my Darren's. Alrighty, I just had to check something. Well, first of all, let me show off this cool gavel I found at my in my childhood bedroom. Well, it's a real, uh, real gavel. It's like has the stuff on it and everything. I, does I it say anything? Uh, is it um, an insignia? No, it's like it's just like a judge's gavel. I think his name is Gerald V. Carroll Post. Gerald what? V. Carroll Post. Gerald V. For Vendetta? V. Yes. Carroll Post. Gerald V. Carroll of Ocala, Florida. Perhaps. Oh, he died two months ago. Oh, it might not be him. 
I don't know. It could be like a Masonic thing, but probably not because there's no Masonic insignia. Maybe just a judge. Doesn't matter. Got it at an auction house. Here we go. I need it as a prop for this segment. I'm going to use this rock because I feel like if I hit the desk, it'll just come out really loud in the recording. So that's probably going to break my rock. Oh, well. Alrighty. So I'm going to show you, you. I told you that I was going to be going through my room, which I've done because I have free time now. And I have a few objects I'm going to have you appraise for selling. And of course, if you would like any of these objects, let me know. But I'm just going to show you a thing. I realize this is going to work very poorly through audio medium, but here we go. So I'm just going to show you, like, I think I have five things here. And tell me what you would pay for them. I love this. Alrighty. Number one, we have a book that I could not tell you where I found it. And there's almost absolutely no publishing information aside from the fact that it was printed in the United States and it's the third or fourth edition. I believe there's also no listed author. It is, oh no, there is. Joseph Lewis's The Atheist Manifesto. Ah. It's a small book. I have never read it because why would I? And it has very large print. I do it not does. know the concept. I'm sure it's interesting. I just never really got around to it. He is also, he has written a lot of things about the Bible, almost exclusively about Bible and religion. He also, oh yeah, lots of stuff. So Max, what is your appraisal of this object? Four cents. Four cents sold. Alrighty, let me write that down in my ledger. 0. Yep. 0.04 dollar sign. Alrighty, next we have a folk art cross made of used matches. Wow. Pretty cool. I kind of love it, but also I know I could actually probably get some money for it. So I think I'm going to try to sell it. One match just fell I'd off. give you 20 bucks for it. 20 bucks. I will remember that. Alrighty. Hit the gavel. Sold. $20. Bitter in the back. Short guy. Long hair. Ready. Up next, we have a sealed, still in its original cellophane VHS copy of Woodstock 94. 94 was that the one with the fires and shit oh yeah it was yeah i've never had the the courage to open it because never I, I open i never opened it i really wanted to watch it but i was like this is probably if i leave it wrapped longer it'll be worth more or i could just open it when i realize it's worthless no so, yeah. you should keep that and never open it i probably but I'll, I'll take it for 12 cents 12 cents very good it's listed as 4.99 used Oh, I'm an idiot. So it's been watched. It's just been resealed by whoever. Oh, was never mind. It's zero still, cents. It's still sealed. That wow, zero cents. Zero dot zero zero. I also had a copy of another movie I was going to throw into this, but I realized I need to keep this until I find one that works. It is Mannequin, a movie famously filmed in Philadelphia. Yeah, I read. Um, I read a crazy article about how they found the mannequin. Oh yeah, the South Fleeney boys. Yeah, at, uh, by the way, at the gallery. Yeah, yeah, they have a podcast, the uh, South Fellini Boys. I believe it's called Legends of Philadelphia. Nope, it's called Journey After Reading. Listen oh. to that one. Very good podcast. You should go listen to that too and tell them to let us help, please. <laughs> I'm starving for anything to do. Tell them right. to love me. Sold. Up next, we have a Ringling Brothers commemorative mug from the circus. It says Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. It also features a nice clown on the reverse side. 
Uh, is there a year? I did not check ahead of time. There is no year. Made Too in kitschy, three cents. Too kitschy, three cents, gotcha. So I don't want to get rid of it, but I don't like the clown that much, and I need okay. to pay rent. Kind of, kind of spoons me in. Good. And, oh, you're going to hate the last thing. I got this a while ago, and I never really found a good place for it. It's very large and um, cumbersome and just kind of upsetting to look at. I've been keeping it in a child's coffin in my bedroom because I don't want to have to see it. Oh, here we go. It is <laughs> oh, a no. large ceiling hanging clown on a swing. It's the clown, but it's also kind of wearing like um, like pover a Pavarotti suit, but like purple nighttime pajamas and it has a little pointy hat. Is, it any, is there anything mannequin about it? Or that, that's just the swing? Yeah, it just sits on its way. It absolutely has like haunted mannequin vibes. Oh yeah, I mean look at look at its eyes. Oh gosh. <laughs> that is a frightening little porcelain clown. It is a porcelain face, I should add. So yes, what what do you think I should ask the that's, general? That's a start that one at like 40 bucks. <laughs> I have I actually very recently saw one and it was selling for like 40 as a base, and I was like, hmm. No, yeah, no, like the right person will pay lots of money for that. The the person that has the other twelve of these that were made by the same, well, what is it? I don't know. Someone was dying and they put their soul in twelve puppets, twelve of these awful <laughs> king clowns, and if they get the twelfth one back, they can bring them from beyond, destroy the universe. Yeah, I will give you forty thousand dollars for that clown. <laughs> Worth quite a bit Sold. of money. Alrighty, segment over. What a well segment. done. That Great was a, segment. That was a good test for what we're going to do after we run out of Laura Dern material. Go through next shit. Honestly, there's so much of it. I went through my desk last night. So many things. So many papers. So many odd little bits and bobs. Oh, and I had a really good one, like, right on the top. Oh, the Naked Cowboys autograph. All right. Yeah, that I signature it. is garbage. It is. I mean, he literally like took out a marker and just scribbled while it talking. It looks like a children's like hand turkey tracing. I do have to say though, he was great. He was an yeah. absolute performer. He picked me up. We did a whole thing. He is a people person, and I hope he is thriving out there. He also sells oysters and hot sauce. So if you want any of that, um. You can go to facebook.com slash nkcowboy. To buy oysters over the internet. Yes, or hot sauce. That are branded by the naked cowboy. Probably hire him for parties, I would imagine, too. So throw all your money at that guy. By the way, there's multiple of them. In case you did. I don't want to burst. Are they all part of the same oyster crew? I don't, I mean, I think that's kind of the, that's a shell within the Naked Cowboy corporate umbrella. But yes, no, there are cowboys. Sorry to burst your bubble of entertainment. Well, I guess it's time for some Little Dern up in this piece. Little Dern, what do you got? What's happening? What'd you well, watch? What'd you see? How you been? We're going to tune into season three, episode 17 of a little show called The West Wing. Oh, I have personally never watched The West Wing. It's pretty high on my series to watch next. I am a fan of like half of the things Aaron Sorkin's made. So I was excited to see this. What I saw was pretty good. Of course, our guest stars Laura Dern as the episode titled U.S. Poet Laureate. 
which mm-hmm. I think is the perfect role for Laura Dern to play in any political co-dramedy. Co- Absolutely. Alrighty. So there are, as, as, as I've gathered from the show, there's basically a lot of plots going on all the time. So there's an A, B, and C plot in this episode. The A plot is that the president was caught saying that his incumbent was dumb. Oh no, it's so like, quaint, isn't it? He was doing, right? I know, I was watching this whole episode. I'm like, imagine these. Pr- the thing I've been doing lately is I'll say, remember when Obama wore that tan suit and the world was on fire because of it? Yeah. And everyone just groans because they're like, they think about our now problems. Speaking yeah. of. Which, I mean, think about how quaint like, Sarah Palin was. Two days, two more days. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, Sarah Palin, she was a deer. She had, yeah, uh, like it's, it's shifted yeah. so dramatically. Remember when, like, uh, I can't, I don't even know. Like, it's all, yeah. Sean McCain. So is, was Martin Sheen the president? Yes, he is in this season the president. So he's giving, like, a series of interviews just, like, one after another. And he's on with Philadelphia. And he acts, he accidentally says on live air that he thinks the, that the person he's going to be running against in the fall is an idiot. And, um, okay, B-plot. The poet laureate does not want to come to a party being thrown at her honor at the White House because the U.S. will not sign a treaty involving landmines and their use in like Korea or in general. So the I forget his position in the White House, but it's like his main press dude, he, like fixer. Okay, not not VIP. It's like a he's like a press dude. Um, he has a crush on the poet laureate played by Laura Dern. So he says, "I'll handle it. Don't tell the president. I'll handle it." I'll handle it. And C-plot. My own beloved Bradley Whitford finds out that there is a um, fan page of his online. Like a bunch of people. <laughs> what, that is like, his, what is his position on the show? I've never actually watched it. I, like I said, I've only seen this episode and I didn't really do that much research, but he is, he is like a, oh man. He's pretty high up. He's not the Veep, but he's like he's a... the he's the deputy chief of staff. Okay, there we go. I knew it was something. I just couldn't think of the right words because why would I? <laughs> he has his own thing going on. Also, I didn't realize that both him and I believe it's Dule Hill are both in this show, and then they were both in Get Out. Oh shit! I didn't know he was in the show. I, like I was, I was watching the intro and I saw both of them. And I was like, wait a minute. That must have been so weird working together after all those years again on such a project. Good for them. So that's what's going on. Basically, the whole episode is the press secretary just dealing with the issue that the president said that the guy was an idiot. Hula Hill is not the guy from Get Out. Really? Yeah, no, he looks a lot like what's that guy's name? I really thought that was him. You know, I guess that makes sense because the guy in Get Out was pretty young. Damn. Yeah, that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't attract. Um, now, uh, well, my whole life's ruined. Yep. Nick's racist again. Bring it back. Jeez, I, Bring I had back the memes. Uh, what do you mean memes? No one was making memes. Bring back Stop the that. memes. Alrighty. So the press secretary is just doing damage control and just saying like it happened. He told the truth. That's his biggest crime. Um, the dude who's handling Dern, it, like he is in love with her and he's like, he's worrying about it like a teenage girl. He like goes, he goes to um, Josh, the chief secretary, the chief, um, 
chief of staff, chief of staff. Yeah. and he's like hey does this tie like match he's all he's all worried and he goes and meets with her and like she's she's very nice she's so kind she says a few things like they interact for a minute and she's like am i am i being really weird right wait am i really weird right off the bat just like because she just became the poet laureate and i think she doesn't know how to talk to politics really and then she just like breaks into this whole thing and it clearly becomes a setup that she wants to talk about the mind deal and like she she basically says like i won't come to your white house party and play nice and smile for pictures if you're not going to talk to me about this and it's a whole back and forth that lasts the whole episode and at the end she basically just, she's at this um uh what's the word like a um She's at a lecture she's giving and she leaves halfway through and she's super upset. And so this guy again comes and finds her and she says, um, I watched this boy get exploded by a mine when I was overseas. And he's like, that's shitty. And <laughs> then he basically says, fine, you can talk to the president before the party, but you have to come to the party and play nice. And she was like, that's a good deal. And like, clearly she's never in the series again. So clearly nothing happened with their love life, but I like to think something did. You never know. Well, what about the, the mines? I mean, like that whole fit, like we don't know what happens in the end, I guess. Cause I mean, at one, they meet like three times. The middle time he basically says like, there's no way we could make it work with North Korea and South Korea and like everything going on. And then she counters with like, I know nine people who have served in these areas and it could actually be a problem. It could be more of an issue than it helps to protect. And then at the very end, she does that a very emotional thing. And she talks about, um, she talks about Howl and how like she saw the greatest minds of her generation go mad and all that jazz. Um, she talks about all the poet, pe poets who did not be chosen to be poet laureate because they were too radical. And she just like, she's talking about how she doesn't know how to play the game. And the guy says he will help her play the game. And I was like, that's kind of nice and helpful to help this poor artist who <laughs> just wants to talk to the president. But that's the nice plot with Laura Dern. It, it ends very well. I like to think they kissed or something. But now let's get to the nitty gritty. Josh's fan page. He interacts with them and that's his first problem. <laughs> he he talk, he responds to something and then they like go off on him and they get crazy about like rules and how he should be doing all this different stuff and they get super sucked in. And then at the very end, um, the Washington Post basically snitches on him because they call the White House asking to confirm that he was the one saying the things that he said on the group thing. And then the press secretary essentially threatens to shove a computer up his ass if he does not stay off of the webpage. In fact, she says there, there will now be an intern assigned to watch the webpage. And if you are on it, you will be kicked off. And then he says, you know, I'm above you in the power structure, right? And she just, it does, she does not miss a beat in saying that she will ruin his life if he continues. And to do this that. is, of course, CJ Craig, played by Allison Janney. Yes, and she is utterly fantastic. Like of the in, in this and everything else she has ever done. I am a, an incredible fan of hers. Like Have you seen the greatest film Amy Adams has ever been in, obviously, Drop Dead Gorgeous? I don't know if I have off the top of my head. That is a movie for Nick. Trying that VHS tape. I think I even know what it looks like. Let me just pull this up quick. But um, yeah, she's incredible. So that's, that, that's two plots we have reached the end of. The Laura Dern plot, she kind of gets her way. She gets to talk to the president. This plot, 
he stops going on a web page about his own work, which is actually based on Aaron Sorkin going on web pages about his own work and being schooled. Oh, and by school, yelled at by mentally incompetent people on the internet. And good, back, I want to yell at Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, fuck your politics. All right, yeah. a plot. Uh, a plot. The president um, has dealt with everything. He basically decides he's not going to respond to any of it because he said one thing that was the truth. He thought. And it then gets to the very end and he's about to give his talk on the environment, which was the whole point of the original interviews at the beginning. And then the press secretary says, did you do that on purpose to basically, did you do the thing where you called him stupid on purpose just to stir dissent against him from everybody? And he doesn't say yes, but he clearly did it. And she's like, and that is the clip that was playing when you logged into the Zoom when she was saying, that's old school. I can't believe you did it. Like whatever she says. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to say like of a weird, like, what is this? Like a weird, like end of season, season three episode to just watch out of nowhere, not really knowing about the structure of the show. Very good show. All right. A good one. I, I definitely want to watch it now, like all of it. And it's exciting. And I'm interested to see how they use guest stars if they do it very often, or if that was more of like a one-off thing. But yeah, also- yeah, I uh, think they do. There's always some rando. Bob Lowe showed up at this point too. Yeah, he's in the mix. He had like kind of a D plot, but it wasn't really worth talking about. Yeah. You know. We, we, we don't do Rob Lowe on this podcast. No, we don't do Rob Lowe. That's in our uh, rider. Sure. No Rob Lowe in the M and M's. Can I tell you a, a politics story that the the A plot reminded me of? Yes, please. You are um, involved in politics periodically. So I I worked on a campaign for a local politician. Uh, I won't won't use more detail than that for the the sake of protecting their anonymity in this funny story. Um, there was one, we'd have to work with like the county legislators who were also on the ballot, who were in our party. And there was one who the main, the top candidate guy despised. And this guy was like a notorious drunk, was just a general asshole, but had a lot of popular support. So like they needed to kind of work with him, but no one liked him. And we we had to do a, a supermarket meet and greet where I had to go and like take pictures while they like shook hands outside of a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Standard shit. And then the the candidates he tells me is like, oh, get a picture of the two of us, like for, for Facebook. And he um so I have the camera and he's standing like kind of behind the guy. And he just like sticks up his middle finger and like puts on this like evil look from behind him and flips him off while I take the picture. And then he's like, oh, let's do one more. And he takes a really nice picture. And then we're actually in an RV for two days as part of the end of campaign blitz um, around the, the jurisdiction. And we get back in the RV and he's like, Hey, Max, let me see that camera. And he showed everyone on staff and we all laughed about it. And then he deleted it because it would have been quite scandalous. Yeah, that's a little worse than calling your opponent dumb. Yeah. 
And it like wasn't his opponent, literally oh. a guy who was like on his team, quote unquote. It was hysterical. <laughs> oh, politics. They're a gas. They are a gas. Oh, a bunch of hot air, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's a podcast I listen to, and they always make the joke, like, those clowns in Congress, and they really drag it out, and they're like, I'm surprised they can get any work done with their big floppy shoes and shooting seltzer all over the place, because they're hey. a bunch of clowns. And I've been trying to parlay that into a joke about the the whole, you know, Congress being stormed thing. And I just, I don't know how to do it. Those clowns need to uh, get they're, get attacked by a bunch of angry people who don't like their clowning. Hmm. Hmm. See, is. that's good. I'm also a podcaster. We are comedians first and podcasters second. Oh boy. Well, do you want to know what you're watching next week? Because you're going to be really mad. <laughs> yes. Give me, me the lynch. I'm doing, it is David Lynch. I'm going to start with mine. I'm doing The Big Dern. It will be Certain Women. I have never heard of this movie, but it has both Kristen Stewart and Laura Dern, as well as Michelle Williams. Oh. A lawyer. I. It seems kind of dark. The plot also seems dense enough that I'm not going to try to read it and um, re-say it on air, but I'm going to say it's probably dark. It's a drama. It's two hours long. It's from 2016. Yeehaw. You, on the other hand, are watching Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, The Dream of the Brokenhearted. Fuck which you. sounds like Fuck is the, I'm out. I'm done. It is the most David Lynch title I've ever heard in my life. What a pretentious asshole. Oh, yeah. It's an avant-garde musical play. Oh, fucking kill me. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, man. Starring Laura Jern and Nicolas Cage. Oh, I did not realize he was in this. I know. Ooh, it also has the uh, short fella from another David Lynch thing in it. What was he in? Firewalk with me? Yes. That's it, yeah. And Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive. And Michael and J. Anderson. Everything else. Um, but yeah, I will. I know I keep saying this. I will actually also watch this because I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, if you you can just take it if you want. Oh, I don't want to spoil all your fun. Aww. An you know, avant-garde I'm... musical. I didn't even know this was. I realized I was like, wait, it's another Little Dern Lynch. Uh... Yes, it was technically a television release film, which is why it is on the Little Dern side of things. So it's not short or anything. Oh, it is. It's fifty minutes. All right. Oh, yeah. Live with that. It's weird that this was just like released on television. Yeah, who watches this shit? It's on YouTube, though, so there you go. Wow, I am both excited and terrified to watch this. Hmm. Well, there you go. Next week's going to be a whole barrel of laughs. Can't wait. Really, really itching to dive into Industrial Symphony Number 1, The Dream of the Broken Hearted. I can see you itching from here. Yep. Well, Max, you're in the dark. I'm in quarantine. Our lives are really looking up. 2020. Yep, we made it. It, <sighs> it don't get much better than this. Honestly, nothing but net. 
we are the champions, as someone would say. As winners would say. As, as um, Stadium Rock would say, we are the champions. No time for losers. Yeah. Well, Max, I guess that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, see if I can get my power back on. I'm going to go pop a chicken in the oven and walk around my house wearing a mask because I have COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Enjoy all of those things. Oh, man, I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, Disinfect your phone, everybody. Yep. Uh, It'll get you. Your shoulders fall. And uh, yeah, do yoga or something. And don't, don't put out. No, don't put out. I mean, unless you want to, or I don't know. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it for your music. Do it for yourself. Do it. But if you, put if out. you let a baby You die, know what? Put out. If you let, uh, no, I don't think it was a baby. If you let a woman drown, you can write a song with a really cool drum beat. I don't know the reference, but I believe it. You know, that's what the song I'm um, in the air tonight is about. Natalie Wood. Yeah, I don't know if it's about her actually, no, but I know no. about a woman. He it basically the it's a theory, and a lot of people say it's not true, but I think it's true that he watched a woman drown and didn't try to help her, and then he wrote that song about it. Yeah, that's better than a single life. The right? song like, is she died for us. She died for that gorilla in that commercial. I mean, do 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 do. That's drum beat of a century. I know when I said that out loud, it didn't sound like anything. But when you do the like, do 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 do. Yeah, now you're getting gorilla with it. That's right. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. I think we'll be back on our course on this. I'll see you all later. Good work, Max. team. See you again. Chin up. Replacing with one of the interns. Pack your desk. <laughs> See ya.